You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert, Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello. Happy New Year and welcome back to 2021, the year starting off in an interesting area. But I'm excited about this particular podcast we have Two of ACG's top analysts, we have uh, Mark Mortensen, Dr. Mark Mortensen, who's an expert in well-renowned in automations and operational efficiency to OSS and BSS. And we also have uh, Lillian Alfredo, who's our, um, our cable expert, but also she's expanding her coverage into healthcare, and she's going deep into literally understanding the business case, all the operational drivers with that. And in this particular podcast, we're going to go deep into autonomous network. Lillian and Mark, welcome to the Deep Edge podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ray. Now, where are you guys located each? I am in uh, Scarsdale, New York, just north of New York City. Mm-hmm. And I'm down in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina, enjoying the winter. Nice, nice. Well, I'm in uh, sunny Arizona, so I'm actually enjoying the weather now before it gets super, super hot here. Now, uh, in the intro, I talked about some of the things and the work that you're going to be expanding into autonomous network. And maybe, Mark, we can start with you. You've been doing a lot of work and a lot of research on network automation. I mean, you're the veteran in that area. But now it's interesting because you're specifically talking about autonomous network. Could you tell our audience a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've been doing this uh, this network automation thing for about 40 years right now. And about, it was about 35 years ago, I think, we, uh, we started the, to figure out the, the basic concepts of the, what we now call the autonomous network. We call them the selves, you know, self-healing, self-optimizing, uh, self-configuring. And there was various different formulations of that in the mid-80s. Uh, and uh, and we, started, we started working on that. And we, we, we really made a big push for that in the 80s. Uh, and then found that uh, the technology really wasn't up to it. So we've been moving along. You know, I, I think about this, by the way, when I think about uh, how long it used to take to do things for a telephone company uh, and what, how we do it today, we've made a lot of progress. When I started in 1978, it took 30 days to get a phone on your desk. And if you wanted it <laughs> in 29 days, there was no way to do that. It took 30 days. Wow, wow. Yeah, now it's what thirty seconds, maybe. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, in any case, yeah, it, it's it's amazing what we've been able to do already, and a lot of that has required the automation. Uh, but now we're poised, I think, to really make the next major leap in in automation. And I've been following this in what I call domain control and orchestration, along with uh, PJ Parker Johnson, uh, my colleague here at ACG. Uh, we've been looking at network automation and how. Uh, it's really evolved from these software-defined networking uh, into these domain controllers and these orchestrators. Uh, and, and it's really happening. This base technology is really getting very good. Now, at the same time, the TM Forum has this thing they call the Autonomic Networks uh, Vision. And they just put out their second paper at the end of last year, which really describes the, the self-Xs, as they call it, uh, and really talks about a network that really doesn't require you to touch it at all. And it's a, it's a very bold vision for the industry that's really gaining a lot of interest from a lot of people. So I'm, I'm focusing on that right now, too. So looking at the underlying technology and domain control and orchestration, but looking at this vision and trying to understand how close are we to the vision and what's it going to take to really get to that vision. 
Yeah, no, I think that's great, especially the timing when you think about this new norm, right, that we're talking about, right? So it'll be interesting to see how aggressive uh, the industry moves in this direction. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, we got a long ways to go still, even in, in this from this vision. Uh, I think the estimates right now out of the 10 steps, the 10 stages or maturity stages that the paper defines, uh, most people would say we're somewhere around two or three, maybe edging into four. Uh, so we're, we're no, nowhere near even halfway to what we're going to need to do. Yeah, that's great. Now, Lillian, um, you're known as our in-house um, cable network expert. What's your role uh, in autonomous network? Yeah, Ray, so uh, yeah, I've been following cable for a number of years and, of course, have worked in the industry, cable industry, for, for another many years. Um, and, of course, if you look at what happened over the past few months, everybody started to use um, broadband or, or uh, online as a substitution for in-person activities of all sorts. And cable companies have done very well. They've, uh, in the last quarter alone, they've added about 1.3 million subscribers. So that's a continuing to be a booming business. But at the same time, I've seen something much more fundamental happen. As if you can reflect, you know, everything that you've been doing over the past few months has been moved online. Um, and so industries uh, pretty much in every vertical have started to adopt new operating models that are digitally enabled. Uh, and you can, you know, you can think of them, uh, you know, e-learning, telehealth, um, movies are closed. So that's much more different ways of, uh, you know, uh, taking movies to market and, you, you know, uh, uh, supply chains have been changing, uh, evolving and so on. And the rate of transformation has become extremely uh, fast. So, for example, there is this recent study by McKinsey that showed that um, changes to te technology, advanced technology and operations, things that used to take 672 days have recently taken 26.5 days. Wow. So this is the rate of transformation. Yeah, that's, that's yes. That's and, and what's also happening is that although a lot of these uh changes that have occurred are very short term because they had crisis in a crisis mode, but uh, every industry is beginning to rethink their operating model for the, and to be, to think of how technology is going to be enabling them for the longer term. So there is a tremendous amount of innovation that's happening now in every industry. Um, and this digital enablement is the fundamental bedrock of all of this transformation. And so at ACG, we're beginning to look at this at a vertical basis, every vertical, um, you know, we're looking at manufacturing, we're looking at uh, supply chain, we're looking at, uh, uh, you know, a number of um, logistics and, 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 uh, and uh, so on. I uh, started to focus on healthcare. Now, healthcare in particular has been changing at an, an amazing speed. I mean, this is an industry that always took for a long time to transform. It touches people's lives and so on, and it's highly regulated. So it hasn't been a fast-moving industry, but this has changed overnight. You probably all have experienced telehealth over the past few months. I think this is the beginning of an explosion of innovation in healthcare. Um, and so what started as being telehealth is is quickly evolving to this whole concept of virtual care, which we're going to talk about a little bit. And, and when we start to understand this, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. If you look at how you enable 
these new use cases, these new innovation in, in healthcare, you start to understand the importance um, of having a network that's going to be zero weight, zero touch, and zero trouble. Because, you know, you have people's lives affected, you have massive disruptions in, you know, needs, you know, you can see how demand and all uh, utilization of, of, um, uh, of networking, of compute, of everything has changed so quickly over the past few months. And you can't rely on, on manual processes, you know, back to what Mark was talking about is you know, this is where you need something that a network that's totally autonomous, that is hands-free, that is, you know, self-healing, that can, you know, trouble-free and, you know, that's secure, of course. Uh, so we're going to talk about this a little bit more, just uh, to give you a sense for some of the things that are happening in healthcare at a very high level. You have obviously an aging population, which we all know about, especially in, the, in, in um, uh, North America and in Europe. You have an exploding uh, costs, as we know, uh, very high cost. But two new trends, I think, have started to happen. One of them is good. One of them is not so good. The good one is that people have gotten comfortable with using technology at an unbelievable rate. So before that, think of somebody doing anything online for telehealth, especially an older person, not happening. Now everybody's adopting it, even the older people. The not other not the not so good trend, which is actually a very bad trend, is I unfortunately, in addition to an aging population, we're going to have a sicker population because of the pandemic and the effect, the long term effects of the pandemic. So there's an explosion of need for healthcare. There's a need for more cost effective healthcare, but under better tools and so on. Underneath all of this, an infrastructure that has to enable all this uh, transformation. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, certainly have, I have certainly have seen this, Lillian. You know, uh, if you look at the innovation that's happened in healthcare, there's been a lot of innovation, a lot of it in technology, of uh, new scanning techniques, new, uh, new uh, diagnostic techniques. Uh, and then people looked at operations inside a hospital, right, and tried to optimize those quite a bit. And then they tried to optimize the record keeping also. But, but those were individual things that were happening in different areas and in different geogra- geogra- geographic areas, if you will. Now what mm-hmm. we start think we're starting to do and why the autonomous network comes in is because we're trying to distribute this all. So people stay at home working with the doctor who then is, uh, is accessing the records that are someplace else. So the communications uh, industry has become much more an intrinsic piece, I think, of the new, uh, the new telehealth of the future. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a good point there. Yeah, go ahead, Lillian. Yeah, no, I'm saying, yeah, Mark is absolutely right. If you think of, you know, the patient's data has to be available at the point of care, aggregated from multiple sources, real time. Uh, so that's one thing that has to happen. You have, pe- you know, robotics in surgery, right? This is in- instantaneous, right? You, you need these networks. You need this ability of the surgeon to um, to use it, you know, to have the right tools, the right, the right data at their fingertips. Um, long, um, uh, this whole trend about remote patient monitoring is exploding. Um, and so you have people now who are going to be getting more and more treatment in their homes. They started with telehealth, but think of all these sensors that you can 
connect and, and have people monitored, especially high need chronics and other at risk people monitored constantly in their home, um, rather than having to put them in highly expensive, you know, hospitals and other care facilities. But now you have this, these, these sensors collecting data in real time and a lot of it, you need this data to be analyzed in real time. Some of this, you know, you need the compute close, some of some of the compute should, should have to be close to the customer, maybe some of it, you know, in a different location. So this distributed computing. And underneath all of this, you have a network that is able to transport this data, you know, and it's going to, you know, be able to, 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 to adapt to any, any changes, you know, it's, it's, it's highly reliable and it's highly secure. So that's, the way you know this autonomous network is enabling this um, these these use cases of the future, which are going to grow significantly. Yeah, you know, it's always an interesting discussion that I've had with people. Uh, you know, I was a former CTO, and uh, when we worked with a lot of healthcare, it was easy to to do a business case related to let's say operational efficiencies of technology, right? Uh, of saying you can run your IT uh, more aggressive, you can make decisions quicker, right? But when it got to healthcare and stuff like this, like how do you justify saving lives, right? You can't really write a business case, right? So so the hope is with this stuff, right, that uh, you are able to help people live longer, get healthier quicker, and be more efficient with a lot of this, right? And I think there's the economics of making this thing more efficient, but there's the economic of the end goal should be that they should be more efficient on making people live longer and be more healthier and those type of things. Do you agree you know, or? Yeah, you know, it's live longer and but also live well. Is the yeah, live well is a good point, right? Yeah, everybody exactly. want everybody. Yeah. Nobody wants to go to a home, right? My my grand my father in law when he was ninety nine, he said, "Don't put me in a home." We had him home. Boy, I boy did I wish that we had had him hooked up to a Fitbit. Yeah, exactly. Sensor yeah. hooked up to his doctor, who then would call us and say, "You know, he's got problems with his AFib right now." Uh, you know, we've got. You know, I, I would. I want that to happen. And uh, he was with us, but, you know, he wanted to be back at his home. I would love for him to have been in his home and being monitored and me be able to find out what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Just remotely through your phone and that type of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And and the business case for stuff like that is is almost obvious, right? If you can keep people out of institutional care uh, and if you can keep them in their own home, the, the, the economics are really quite compelling. Yeah, yeah, the quality of life is important. Now, Mark, on, on that note, I'll stay with you. I mean, where where are we with this, right? When we look at a timeline uh, type of thing, you know, where are we moving towards uh, and when uh, autonomous yeah. network? Yeah, the, so the autonomous network. Let, let's face it; it's going to be it's going to happen faster in certain areas and, and then other than other areas. You know, there's an awful lot of right. work right now in. Uh, in kind of the, the the successors to VPNs, right, and trying to put that under uh, under autonomous control as much as possible, make it happen as fast as possible. Um, so we've, we, what, it, what I'd say is there's certain areas that are going to be evolving quite rapidly, but we're still talking about a 10-year journey here, really overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but within that 10-year journey, we think we're going to be able to do things 10 times faster, 10 times cheaper, uh, 10 times better, and scale things up 10 times faster. Uh, than we've ever been able to do it before. Uh, I put out a paper recently also that uh, describes a lot of the network, a lot of the issues that we had for uh, that have kept us from doing this since the, the middle 80s when we really started pushing towards it. Uh, and a couple of examples, by the way, of, uh, of things that kept us from doing it. We had limited computing power. 
computing power was very expensive, so we couldn't put it in the network elements much. Uh, we couldn't really, put, we couldn't use it a lot. Uh, we had to be very careful with computing power. We had to be very careful with moving data around uh, from one place to another because, in fact, data movement was quite expensive. Uh, but now we've got we've got huge data pipes that are quite cheap. We've got almost as much computing power as you want, uh, as long as it's out in a data center. Uh, but you can increasingly even put it in your, you know, locally. Uh, and you can put it in the local central office with, uh, with with edge computing too. So we're distributing the computing power. It's getting really, really cheap. And that's enabling us to do a bunch of things that we knew how to do. We knew how to build expert systems uh, 25 years ago. They were too expensive. Uh, they were too expensive to run. They were too expensive to teach. So right now, the, te the technology in about eight critical areas uh, is ready to go now for the autonomous network. So I think we're going to be making tremendous strides on, on database and analytics, the software technology with cloud native, the big data pipes, the very cheap uh, computing, uh, as well as a new desire for a lot of the operators to work together a lot more. Uh, let's face it, you know, back in the old days, there was a lot of work that went, ha went on in the ITU. And then, of course, there was the old... Uh, uh, the old Bell system that set a lot of standards and ITU standards that were set. And it really was pretty good, but pretty slow. Uh, and we've gone through a period of about 20 years where we didn't have any good standards bodies uh, for doing a lot of this work. Uh, but then people like the IETF showed us in packet standards that you can do things in a very practical, very fast way uh, that, uh, and, and set some de facto standards, if you will. So what we're starting to see now are a lot of these de facto standards groups that are getting together uh, and, uh, and, and things like the TM Forum, which is not an official standards body, but it's setting some standards. So we're finally setting some standards that are going to now allow us, I think, to have multi-vendor um, autonomous networks and controllers that work with multiple vendors stuff and bring it all together into an overall structure and an overall, uh, if you will, autonomous network. Uh, and autonomous business also, by the way, which is a whole other discussion. Right. Yeah, I was going to say that's a whole separate discussion. Well, you're getting me excited about where we're going with this. That's awesome. Now, Lillian, um, uh, what's next in your area for you? I mean, uh, healthcare is an area that's obviously top of mind, but where do you see this going next for you? Yeah, yeah. I just want to go back a little bit first to what Mark was sure, talking yeah, about. And I, uh, yeah, I, I think Mark is right. I think we're at an inflection point. I think, uh, you know, Mark talked about all the innovation and technology that are going to, that already are removing some of the roadblocks from that have prevented the, the, this massive automation from happening at the scale that we would have liked it to. And, and to be sure, all these things are going to take a long time. But I think some of the drivers we've talked about, the business drivers now are extremely strong. And I think people have uh, worldwide have got a taste of what technology can do for them. So I think there's going to be this additional driver that's going to help this transformation move even faster. Yeah. At least that's my view. And I think it's going to be a very exciting time. So, so from uh, in terms of where we are and where we go next, I think we're, um, you know, um, I've done a lot of uh, research to really understand the, uh, the healthcare industry, the drivers, some of the, the use cases, I think we've talked about remote patient monitoring as one. There are a number of others. Um, I think you'll see a lot of focus on rural areas now. I think everybody has recognized that a lot of these areas have been disenfranchised. They're not able to get the healthcare they need um, and so on. And technology is an enabler. You can think 
of you know uh, this uh, rural uh, broadband efforts that uh, the FCC is funding are what's called RDOF. So uh, so there are a lot of these use cases which I'm in the process of better understanding, and we're beginning to understand some of the technologies and the solutions that are going to be needed from the telcos. Uh, you know, we need the compute, we need the AI solutions, we need all sorts of solutions. And how do these come together? And what are the business models? You know, this is no longer going to be the telcos provide the connectivity and, you know, the web scalers do this and that. So you're going to start to see some much more seamlessly integrated solutions coming to solve some of these very complex problems. I think some of these, uh, you know, I think healthcare needs this massive digital transformation, but the industry doesn't have this level of knowledge and expertise to 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 take on all of these uh, uh, trans- changes that are needed. So I think uh, the telcos and the vendors in the industry are going to be in a good position to to create a lot of value and capture a lot of value if they have the right solutions and the right business models. So the way I see this going forward is, is to start to work with them along this journey. Um, you, know, with, with, you know, we have a better understanding of the market needs, of the industry needs, and it's beginning to get a better understanding of the solutions that they're going to need and will help them uh, as they develop these solutions and their business models to, uh, to meet the market needs. Excellent. Thank you. Now, maybe uh, we'll summarize with, with, you know, we're an analyst and and consulting firm, right? Uh, What's the overall plan here? I mean, um, from from a research perspective. Yeah, well, let's let let me talk about kind of three areas, if you will, that we're going to be focusing on. First of all, on the autonomous networks, Uh, I'm going to be focusing on that. And my next step, uh, we already have the paper out here describing the autonomous network. Why couldn't we do it? And what are the major challenges of the future? The next step, I'll be evaluating some of the vendors and their visions about how they match the autonomous network and where we really are. And and then uh, in a a third step there, uh, what's it going to take? in order to get from where we are to where we need to go. We already have a lot of good technology. There's still a few technological breakthroughs and standards breakthroughs that need to be done. So I'll be uh, outlining that also in in another paper. So that's kind of the autonomous network piece. The second piece is uh, is an expansion of what Lillian talked about uh, in healthcare. Uh, We have uh, each of us here at ACG uh, have kind of our favorite area that we're going to be taking, uh, application area. Lillian's Healthcare, uh, PJ Parker Johnson is uh, looking at manufacturing, and others will be looking at transportation, logistics, etc. cetera. Uh, so we'll, we'll be looking at those applications and understanding from the outside in, what's it going to take? What is the network piece of this going to look like? What is the computing piece of this going to look like? And uh, then the, the piece in the middle is something that we're working on already, it's something we're calling the Intelligent Composable Framework. And this, is, this work is being headed mostly by uh, PJ, PJ Parker Johnson. Um, and what we're looking at is when, when you take, fuse together the, the communications piece with the web scaling, compute, and storage, and you start bringing in some of the common modules, things, technologies like IoT and blockchain and other things, you start realizing you can build yourself a fabric, a composable fabric that can be really, I, I like to think of it as using a 3D software printer uh, with all this stuff going in, all these, compo- all these composable pieces of communications and, tech and, um, and storage and compute and all these applications 
uh, coming in on one side and it printing out for an industry a platform, a digital platform for their use. And, uh, and, and this is uh, going to be something that I think very important uh, for everyone, but mostly for kind of the second tier of companies, the ones who can't afford their own big IT shops to build their digital platforms of the future, they're going to need to get them from someone. And we think this, uh, this integrated, comp- uh, this intelligent uh, composable fabric might be the right model for building uh, the digital platforms of the future for multiple industries, for healthcare, for manufacturing, for all of the others. So here we are, we're taking a look at things all the way from the underpinning technologies, the communications technology, through the computing, through the storage, through the, uh, the, the base technology, software technologies necessary, and into, in fact, the specific applications needed for each of these industries. Uh, I think it's an exciting future, and I'm very excited to be part of ACG and with you, Ray, and uh, all my colleagues here uh, working on this over the next couple of years. No, no, thank you, Mark. I mean, uh, honestly, I'm excited about where this is going with the AN, ICF, but specifically, like you mentioned, going deeper into these use cases, right, where there's healthcare, energy, manufacturing, uh, connected cars, because it's not only... Um, uh, new revenue opportunities. There's a lot of efficiencies going forward. Well, I want to thank you, Mark and Lillian, for joining the Deep Ed podcast. And hopefully this new year, um, uh, we're able to execute on all these initiatives. Let's go for it. Yes. Great. Thank Thank you, Ray. Thank you, you, Mark. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.